0: Started, God, thank for this chance just to get together and just look at this new series as we examine the uh, life and the death and resurrection of Jesus for the next uh, few weeks, God. We pray, and speak to us, even though something we've, we've heard and we've studied probably um, several times, God, you can you can still show us something new tonight. And they know it's something we're familiar with, God. It's still still the, the best news we're ever going to hear. I pray we take what we hear tonight, what we learn, and we apply these truths to our lives. And uh, we walk out of here challenged and changed and encouraged by your word. In my prayer. Amen. All right, so again, the, the purpose of the Bible is for you guys to take notes, write stuff in, and then when you graduate high school, that will be given to you as a gift um, with all your notes, all your highlights, all that kind of stuff. I'll get there. You got it? So, every someone you come in here on Sunday mornings, you're gonna grab the same Bible. When you come here on Wednesday nights, you're gonna grab the same Bible, um, and that way it'll be yours to use for the next however long you're gonna be in here. So, we're on our new series called Break Trail, we're talking about exciting journeys and new destinations. So, I'm wondering, I'm asking you this: Have you ever taken a journey to a new place? Has anyone ever been to a new place? Cozumel? Alright, Leah? Oh. Didn't you raise your hand? Yeah. Okay. No, yes, where have you been? A lot of places. A lot of places, okay. <laughs> like move, like the grocery store. The yeah. grocery store. <laughs> I, guess, I guess Walmart and West Odessa can be horrifying. Journeys, yeah. Horrifying journeys at that, yeah. But it's pretty fun to visit new places unless it's West Odessa or Walmart, but, and, and it's time to see new things. But if you want to make the most of your visit when you're visiting a new place, you need someone who knows their way around. If you've ever gone hiking before, especially in the winter, you know breaking trail, the, the phrase breaking trail is something you do when you encounter deep snow that's tough to navigate. When that happens, one hiker usually goes ahead of their group. And clears the way so others can follow behind a little more easily. It's so much easier to walk in the tracks of somebody who else who's already broken the trail and kind of pushed us up down all the snow and, and the tall grass down for you guys. We often call those people trailblazers, but we don't always use that term literally. Sometimes a trailblazer is somebody who has forged a new and a different kind of path. So who do you know that's a trailblazer? And not that plays for a basketball team. Yes? Me. You? What have you done to, to forge a new trail? Um, be my own man. <clears throat> okay. All right. Anybody else? Um, you? Me? Why am I a trailblazer? I guess you're a guy who... Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Anybody else? You guys know any trailblazers? Maybe? What did you say? <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I said not that plays basketball. Play basketball. All right. You have a guy named Steve Jobs. He's a trailblazer. This man changed the world in more ways than one. Even if you don't use Apple products, which shame on you, um, you've been impacted by this man's ability to see technology in a new way as not just something for the super-rich, but something that all people should be able to access. So I was Steve Jobs. Do you have this little girl? I know who this little girl, what her name is? Ruby Bridges. Ruby Bridges. Ruby was the first African-American student to attend a formerly all-white school in Louisiana. Even though the Supreme Court required schools to desegregate in 1954, most schools ignored this decision. In 1960, six years after the Supreme Court's ruling, Ruby was escorted to school while angry protesters stood on the sidelines. They treated this little girl like garbage. I mean, treating a child like that is, I don't really know what to call somebody like that. Decisions has already been made, but somebody had to break the trail and be the first person to set a new precedent for education in the United States. And Ruby Bridges was that amazing trailblazer. If I know who this guy was? I'm going to say probably not. That's on the right track. It is somebody that has to do with... huh? William Tyndale is absolutely correct. What? <laughs> you get a gold star. So- <laughs> Alright. William Tyndale. This is who that says he was one of the first people to print the Bible in English. He worked on translating the Bible in English even when it was actually deemed an illegal act to read the Bible and have your own Bible in English. He was executed for blasphemy after years of avoiding capture. After his death, it soon became common for Bibles to be translated into English and local languages, enabling the Bible to be accessible to everyday people. So back then, members was only in Latin. They couldn't be, Most people couldn't read it. So he wanted everybody to be able to read the Bible. And they thought... That was wrong, and nobody should be able to read the Bible. And he died for trying to print the Bible in English, which we have. If you have the Bible app on your phone, like 60 translations of it in English on your phone. And this is what the guy died for. Which really got more like, that's so stupid that somebody would die for translating the Bible in English. But this, this is story this is what happened. Well, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about a lot about heroic trailblazers. But more important than anybody else, we're going to talk about a leader named Jesus. Because he blazed trails through his birth and his life and his teachings, his death, and his resurrection. As we journey towards Easter and beyond, let's, we're going to talk about some of the ways that Jesus blazed trails for you and me. There, there are many kinds of ways that Jesus broke the ground for us. He made a way for us to forever change the way that we saw God and others in a, in a few key areas. But this was a big one, right? This, Jesus gave us a new way to see failure, both our failure and, and the failure of other people. Maybe, maybe you're like, you're like me, and you hurt somebody you love, and you wish that you could rewind the tape. The tape maybe you said something that hurt somebody, and you're like, man, I wish I could have just, I could go back in time and not say what I said, right? You may have that before, because I mean, you know you say things, and maybe you were angry, you're in the heat of the moment, you said something that you didn't really mean. And you you said it anyways, and you just wish you could take it back. Maybe you've trusted somebody else to keep a secret or a promise, but they let you down. It's understandable if you feel like you aren't able to trust or even love that person like you used to. Maybe you've let yourself down. Maybe you're frustrated that you can't measure up to whatever standard you set for yourself or people in your life, your parents, teachers, whatever... I've set for you. Like, I just can't live up to what they're wanting me to do. Turn over to Luke 22. Luke 22, there in your paper Bibles. Luke 22. We'll start in verse 1 here in a moment. Today we're going to learn about two people close to Jesus who let him down. But the way Jesus responded to his friends turned traitors was pretty trailblazing. So, Luke chapter 22 is where we're going to begin. From today, we're just a week and a half away from Easter, right? This is the day we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. But in the days leading up to his death, Jesus found himself in some uncharted territory for his life. And Jesus knew he was about to die, but his friends and followers didn't. Even though Jesus tried to tell them, they were still boneheaded and didn't quite pick up on the things he was telling them. Well, actually, most of Jesus' friends and followers didn't know he was going to die... But one of them did. So Luke 22, starting in verse 1. So now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover. Remember last year we did the Passover Cedar meal. We all came in here and ate, had the brisket and the different things with the different cups. Do I remember that? It was a year ago, like two days ago? Maybe. Maybe. I remember that. We like. You had that weird bitter you had the bitter herbs. There was brisket. Was and that? You, you didn't Yeah. That was, so, that, that, so that's what Passover that's the last When we do the Lord's Supper meal, that's the last supper that they were eating. That the, last, the last supper is a Passover meal. So this is what's happening. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan, Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Go down to verse 47. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Go down to a few verses to verse 54. And they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. I've had some pretty bad friends and some pretty hurtful betrayals. But this story is a little bit more than anything I've ever experienced. Judas has to be the worst friend of all time. Right? Right? Judas singled out Jesus and betrayed him to his face with literally a, a friendly kiss, right? A, a, uh, that's how they would say it. Like they would kiss when they would say hi to each other. So that's how he signified this is who this guy was. Judas didn't just let Jesus down. He actually wanted him dead. But it gets worse. Not only was Jesus betrayed by his friend Judas, but he was also betrayed by one of his closest friends, Peter. Peter was arguably one of Jesus' followers, or most devoted followers, one of his best friends. But Peter denied that he knew him three times. Jesus is God, right? Yes? But he's also human, right? So that means he has emotions. So because he is human, he has the same emotions as we do. I can't imagine how painful it must have been for Jesus' friends to let him down in in such significant ways. If your friend did something horrible to you and didn't apologize and you saw them the next day, what would you do? Hold up your finger. 1, 2, 3, four. What would you do? Would you avoid them at all costs? Would you confront them? Would you pretend you didn't know what happened? Or move to a new state and change your name so you never have to deal with it? Be real. I know you're not going to move away right now. Be, be honest with your answer. What would you do? Would you avoid them at all costs? Would you confront them and get the awkwardness out of the way? Pretend you don't know what happened? Or move to a new state and change your name? I'd probably be number one. I'm not a fan of conflict. That is not who I am. That is nothing I enjoy, which drives my wife up mad, but that's okay. So I would avoid them at all costs, so there wouldn't be that conflict. Turn over to John 21 now. John 21. Now that you've imagined, just albeit briefly, what it's like to be let down, put yourself in Judas's or Peter's sandals, because they didn't have shoes, for just a moment. Can you imagine the weight of such a huge failure resting on your shoulders? If you're them, you realize that you betrayed your friend, someone who had never been anything but kind and loving and compassionate towards you you realize that you betrayed your friend so badly that they ended up getting in trouble not only a little trouble but they were put to death that's that's some guilt right it's easy to see why Peter and Judas were very upset about the way they betrayed their friend in the end though Judas and Peter chose to address their shame in different ways Because remember they both betrayed Jesus right and one of the greatest tragedies in the entire Bible, Jesus didn't give, or Judas didn't give Jesus enough time to forgive him. Instead, Judas tragically took his own life. He was so overcome with grief and guilt that he forgot what Jesus was all about, the very things that he taught. Jesus' life and mission were never about guilt or shame or grief. Jesus was always about grace and love and forgiveness. And Judas didn't give Jesus enough time to show him those things. At the same time, Peter was also wrestling with his share of grief and guilt. And yet, after Jesus rose from the dead, I'm sure Peter thought Jesus couldn't or wouldn't let him lead anything after his colossal failure and betrayal. But instead, Jesus showed Peter a new path he would take. So John 21, verse 15. John 21, 15. When they had finished breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes Lord, you know that I love you, and he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon son of John, do you love me? And He said to him, yes Lord, you know that I love you, and he said to him, tend my sheep. And He said to him a third time, Simon son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus, after the betrayal of Peter, did not give up on Peter. Even when fear led Peter to lie about his friendship and loyalty to Jesus. Instead of anger or condemnation, Jesus gave Peter forgiveness and grace. Peter ended up doing exactly what Jesus told him to do. He became the leader of the sheep that Jesus was talking about, Jesus' followers. Peter wanted to lead the, the early church, and it's still known by many Christian traditions, as the first official leader of the church. The Catholics believe him to be the first pope. And so he was the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. This is, you know, this is, what, we, this is what he ended up doing. Like Peter and Judas, maybe you felt like you've let Jesus down. Maybe you felt like you were just never good enough for Jesus to care about you to begin with. Maybe like, I, 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 I don't go to church enough. I don't pray enough. I don't read my Bible enough. How can, how can this Jesus guy even care about me in the slightest? But if there's anything we can learn from Peter and Judas, that there's nothing you could do to cause Jesus to love you any less. I'm going to say that again. Maybe write that down in the Bible. There's nothing you can do to cause Jesus to love you less. I'm going to say it again because I want to make sure you understand me and hear me. That's kind of a big deal for you guys to understand. There's nothing you could do to cause Jesus to love you less. Nothing. You guys hear me? Shake your head yes or no. Nothing. That's kind of a big deal. That doesn't mean something. That means nothing. There's nothing that can cause Jesus to love you less. There should be a smile on your face because I think we all need to hear that. Jesus shows us in the story that even the most extreme betrayal will never change Jesus' perspective or love. Peter came to believe what Judas forgot that while any other friend in the world might not forgive him, Jesus breaks trail. Jesus always forgives. Jesus didn't give up on his friends even when they gave up on themselves. The same is true for you and me. No matter what we've done, what we may think about ourselves, Jesus never gives up on us. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around or desert you. Sorry, yeah. you Thank you. Appreciate it. But well, we all know how. how we, we all know how. We give up on people when they fail us, right? Humans, humans have been following the trail since the beginning of time. But Jesus broke a new trail when he showed us he'd never give up on us. Remember, the purpose of breaking trail is to make it easier for others to follow along behind you, right? That's what Jesus does for us. He broke a new trail by forgiving us so we can follow in his footsteps and forgive other people. And, and, and maybe ourselves as well. Because we all need forgiveness for the ways we've hurt other people. Maybe make fun, fun of someone at school or tease someone in gym class or spread a rumor or lie to somebody. None of us did that, right? There. None of us would ever do anything like that. Right? We're all we're perfect. Yeah, we're all good. We've all needed forgiveness for the ways we've chosen sins that hurt us. And God, too, it could be an unhealthy relationship, it could be a bad search history, know, a dirty mouth, an angry spirit. Maybe you need forgiveness for this so you can move on and live out who God created you to be. So what do you need forgiveness for? What, who do you need to forgive? What would it look like for you to forgive yourself or someone else just like God has forgiven you? Turn over to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. There was a man named David who had a pretty heavy track record of failing God and others. In my Bible reading plan for the year, I read the story this morning uh, of David and how he saw Bathsheba slept with her, got her pregnant, and then killed her husband. That was a big, crazy story there. That was part of my my reading this morning in my, my, daily, my daily reading plan. And some of what we see is in the book of Psalms is David kind of in this time writing these things and what's going on. So, Psalm 32, this, this, it's full of confessions to God and expressions of trust that God would never give up on him. So, here's the deal. We're going to do three times. I'm going to read this chapter three times. So I want you guys just, the first time, this is, I want you guys just to close your eyes and listen to me read it. Okay? And the second time, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and then I'm going to have you guys read along in your Bibles underlining words or phrases that stick out to you. And then the third time, I'm going to read it out loud again. I'm going to ask you to focus on one phrase that God is pointing to you, and then I want you to circle that phrase. You guys, the first time, I want everybody to close your eyes so you're not looking around or whatever. So, Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when he may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and brittle, or will or will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Alright, so I'm going to read it again. So I want you guys to follow along there in your Bible. Maybe underline or highlight something that sticks out to you as we read it. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when he may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach, the, reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with, the, with bit and bridle, or will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. All right, I'm going to read it one more time. So I want you guys to circle the one thing that God is wanting you to take away from this passage tonight. So it's going to be different for each one of you because that's how God works, right? So I want you to circle the one thing. Bit and brittle, or bridle, and will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. This was David's prayer of repentance. David knew that God never gave up on him, no matter how big his mistakes got. So if you're struggling to forgive yourself, remember Jesus can and always will forgive you. If you're struggling to forgive somebody else, remember Jesus shows us the way to show each other grace. Jesus broke the trail and decided that nothing would ever keep us from being able to follow him. So There's something you think keeps you from Jesus. So this week, give that thing to God so you can better hold on to the truth that no matter what, Jesus never gives up on us. Before you go to your small group, or actually when you, when you go into your group, don't go pass them out. I'm going to give you guys a challenge. Throughout this series, I'm talking a lot about the trails that Jesus plays for us and how we can follow in his footsteps. Uh, but sometimes it helps to process all of this with other people and outside of our normal routines of what we do. So sometime in the next few weeks, so you have six weeks of this series, Sometime in the next six weeks, I want you to take a hike. Like literally get out there and take a hike, like a walk, right? Maybe invite a few friends or get your Sunday school small group together. It can be a short walk around town, around a block, whatever, or an intense hike on a on a trail, which I think there's like one in town. But either way, start walking and I'm gonna give you guys this handout to take with you. It'll just give you some things to look at and think about. Um and do different ways if you guys can Spend time with others. Spend time with God. Use your gifts and share your story all along this, this walk. So as you walk, think about how in your everyday life you can walk more intentionally in the footsteps of Jesus. With our trailblazer who, among so many other things, never gives up on us. Let's pray. God, may we believe that, that you never give up on us. That despite the things we do, or say, or we've done, that you're still still going to love us, you're still going to forgive us. God, may we we believe that to be true. May we be more like Peter in this instance and not Judas. God, may we come to you when we mess up and know that through confession and repentance, God, you will forgive and you'll love Pray for this next little bit of time in our small groups. I pray for challenges to continue to grow. I think for the kids' um, willingness to give up their their phones for just a little bit, just to focus on you for for an hour and then in your word. Um, I pray you blessed them for that, and pray that the things that they learn tonight will be things that they'll remember um, and apply to their lives, God. In the name I pray, Amen. All right, so we'll do.